Okay, Tobin, welcome back to our ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. We are now on the final leg of the second chapter of Masachet Yivamot. And the sugya that we have today really is not a Yivamot sugya so much as it's a general Nashim sugya uh, that comes on the heels of what we studied in the last couple of podcasts and last podcast about somebody about whom there are rumors regarding a particular woman and when that woman becomes available, whether he may marry her, and if he does marry her, may, her, may stay married. Continue on that line. Now, one bit of introduction to the Mishnah and the Chafhem with Amur Aleph at the bottom, which is there is a Takana that's mentioned in the first Mishnah, Masachet Gitin, um, that was established at some point during Bayit Shani, uh times, uh, which was that anyone who comes with a get as a messenger, who brings a get from outside of Eretz Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, when he comes to the Beit Din and presents the get, he must also say, testifying to the fact that the get was done in his presence. Good. So if somebody is such an agent and he makes that testimony, so then when this woman divorces, he should not marry her because everybody, of course, will be suspicious. Perhaps he fabricated the get, brought it, made this statement in order to marry the woman, and then married her. Mate, haragtiv, haragnuhu, let's say the guy comes and testifies that the husband is dead. Let's say the guy comes and testifies, I murdered the husband. Let's say the guy comes and testifies, we murdered the husband. That's at least how it reads right now. Lo yisa And the implication from that is, if the, is that we do believe him and, and assume the fellow to be dead and allow him to marry someone else, but not this fellow, again, for the same reason. Rabbi Yehuda, Mer Haragtiv Lo Ishto. Rabbi Yehuda raises the bar. He says, if the fellow testifies Haragtiv, I killed him, then the woman cannot marry at all. We do not accept this testimony whatsoever. Haragnuhu Tinase Ishto. But if he testifies, we killed him, and as he was an accomplice, then she can, she may marry. The Gemara will want, will ask why these two things are different. What's it if you did it alone or did it as part of a group? And the Gemara will clarify. Good, so let's go back to the beginning. So we're saying that if a fellow brings a get and we're relying on his words because he brought it from Chutzlaretz and without him saying, we won't allow the divorce, and therefore it's his testimony that's making it happen, and that's why we don't allow them to get married. But let's say he brings a get from Eretz Yisrael to another place in Eretz Yisrael, make it easy. Uh, let's say he brings a get from uh, from uh, Yavna to Shalayim, right? In that case, he, the get it uh, speaks for itself, and we don't need his testimony, right? Then the implication is that he may marry her. In other words, a, a regular shaliach of a get may marry the divorcee. Now, Vaham made the lava lake samchinan. Now, this needs a little bit of an explanation. The, a good part of the end of Masahat Yavamot is going to deal with a very tricky issue of testimony about the death of a husband that allows a wife to remarry, and the very different circumstances that play out, if it's there's one witness, if it's a kosher witness, etc., if it's Rashut Beitin, not Rashut Beitin, and we'll get to that in a number of months. In the meantime, though, the guiding principle is that normally the Torah requires two aiding. However, because of those many circumstances that happen in the ancient world, and sometimes in our world, where somebody will die or disappear, and only one person will see them, and that person may not even be a kosher witness. So Rabbanon said, we accept such testimony from one witness, even from 
some psulim, some invalid witnesses. But the reasoning behind it is that because the woman knows that the consequences of her getting married, in case it is mistaken and the husband shows up, the consequences are so dire and upsetting, she will be very, very careful to check the story out and will not marry until she knows for sure that the husband has died. Because of that, when somebody comes and testifies that a husband has died and a woman remarries, we are not relying on his testimony. His testimony, his statement, is really the catalyst. What we're really relying on is the assumption that she's checking the story very well. So therefore, when the fellow comes and testifies, the guy died, and we're not relying on him. Why? Because a woman is very careful to look into the story before she remarries. And we learn in our Mishnah that if a man testifies that, uh, that the husband died, he may not marry the, the wife. So so in other words, the question is, the implication of the first line of the Mishnah was that it's only because we're relying on this fellow's testimony without his statement, she could not get married, his statement of Fananitha Fananitha. But if he brought the get without such a statement, we would we would allow them to get married. But in the case of him testifying mate, where we're not relying on him, we still don't allow them to get married. So the distinction is, in, in the case where the fellow brings the get, there's a get there. There's a written piece of document that is really generating the divorce. The fellow is just the, is the messenger. As opposed to when the guy comes and says mate, the only external catalyst to to get this thing and generated is this fellow's testimony. And how do we know that there's such a difference? Did none. Ma ben get lemita. Why is it that those women, this is uh, again from the end of the Masechet, why is it that those women who are not believed to testify that a husband has died, for instance, the mother-in-law, etc., are able to bring a get and be shlichim for the get, because the get is written out, the get speaks for itself, as opposed to a testimony where all, all that we have is the person's word. Good. Now, in the second part of the Mishnah, it says, Now, who knew the lo So, Rachachamim, as I pointed out in the Mishnah, say that if the guy testifies, he may not marry her, but others may, which means we accept the testimony. There's a famous sugi in Sanhedrin, shows up several other places. Here it's somewhat tangential, but Rav Yosef says as follows. If a fellow comes and testifies about another fellow who says, he attacked me and he raped me, uh, and it was Lo'onsi, meaning that I he was uh, under duress, he forced me. So this fellow who was uh, claims that he was raped, and another fellow who saw the uh, saw the event can, together can testify and get this guy killed? That's two witnesses. But if the guy says the fellow and I had relations together, and then somebody else testifies to it, then or shall we say I was agreeable to it, then what his words are, are owning up to is that he himself is a rasha. He was involved in a nefarious act, right? You're not allowed to participate with an aid rasha. And Rasham may not be an aid. So therefore, this fellow's testimony is shot down, which means that if somebody testifies to a fact and the testimony itself um, it, it, it indicates that he is a Rasha because he incriminates himself, then the entire testimony is not accepted because we don't listen to the testimony of a Rasha. 
So you might argue, that's what Rav Yosef said about a criminal case. But when it's testimony about somebody's death, the Rabbanan were making, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, the Amarav Menashe, Gazlan de Divrei Amkosha Leidudisha, Gazlan de Divrei Torah Apostle Leidudisha. Menashe said that a, a Gazlan de Divrei, somebody who was rabbinically considered a thief, like Masachet Kubiyam, Afrikayonim, certain kind of gamblers, etc., uh, they are allowed to testify. Not, they're not normally allowed to testify, but about Edutisha, they're believed. However, a Gazlan Doraita, meaning a regular old thief, is uh, is not not able to testify about that, which means the Rabbanan didn't say anybody could testify. So if a fellow comes and says, I killed your husband, why should that testimony be believed? After all, he's admitting to being a, a Rasha, a very terrible Rasha. Why should we accept his testimony? The answer, so we say, name of Menashe, the Amr Kirav Yehuda. So maybe Rav Menashe, his statement here, that a Gazlan Doraita is not believed, Accords with Rabbi Yehuda, because what did Rabbi Yehuda say in our Mishnah? He said that if the guy says Haragtiv, then she can't marry anybody. If he says Haragnuhu, then she can marry others, but she can't marry him. But the first statement, that if he says Haragtiv, she can't marry anybody, which means we don't accept the testimony. It sounds like Rabbi Menashe that says an out-and-out Rasha is not believed for Yidu Tisha. So, Amalachar Rabbi Menashe, Anadamri Afilu Rabbanan. Rabbi Menashe would say to you, no, what I'm saying accords even with Rabbanan. The time of the Rabbanan, Hacha Kedurava. Why did the Rabbanan say here that she may marry, not, not this guy, but she may marry somebody else? Very important rule. It's uh, rule number three on the page. Which means a person may not incriminate himself. It doesn't mean the protection against self-incrimination, the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. It means that if a person makes such a statement, we don't accept the statement. So if a person testifies and says, I did X, Y, and Z, terrible things, we don't accept, we, we just invalidate the testimony. We don't accept it. And therefore, when this guy says haragtiv, essentially what we say is that we just don't believe that you were, that you participated at all. And that's why we distinguish between haragtiv and hagnu, as we'll see in a moment. So now, Lamer of Yosef to Amar Kribiuda, so perhaps Rav Yosef, who did say, Ploni Ravani Lirtsoni, cannot be a, a witness. Because when he admits that he participated in the crime, right away he is invalidated. Sounds like Rabbi Yehuda who said, Rabbi Yehuda who said, if the fellow said haragtiv, she may not marry anybody. Rabbi Yosef would say, you know what? What I'm saying fits Rabbanan. Because what I'm saying is about a regular criminal case, but but when it comes to a dutisha, the Rabbanan were lenient. Rav Menashe Dhamma Krav and I will claim that Rav Menashe really is saying like Rav Yehuda, because Rav Menashe is saying that a Gazlan Doraita uh, is not believed, and the Rabbanan, the Machloket between Rav Yehuda and Rabbanan is whether or not we accept anybody as a witness for a duty Shah, or nearly anybody. In other words, we accept people who are otherwise psulim, we accept one, but we don't accept an out-and-out Rasha. Good, so now, the end of the Mishnah said, Haragnuhu Tinaseh. Right, that Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda distinguished between Haragtiv and Haragnu. Mashna, Haragtiv, Mashna, Haragnu. So what's the difference between Haragtiv and Haragnu? Either way, the guy's admitting to participate in the murder, participating in the murder. Rabbi Yehuda, Marani, Hayitim, Horgav. What does Haragnu mean? It doesn't mean I threw one of the stones or I shot one of the bullets. It means I was there when they killed him. I was part of the group that killed him, but I didn't raise a hand. The Hatanya, we have the following. Amar lo Rabbi Yehuda, Maseh belisti mechad, shiatzali hareg, bemegizat kaputkaya. So there was a particular uh, thief that was taken out, uh, an armed robber was taken out to be killed in Kaputkaya, it's a town in Turkey, 
So he, so he said, as he was about to be taken out to be killed, he said, go tell that particular woman that I killed her husband at the entrance to Lud. The husband was missing, and this way the woman could marry. Either on my way into Lud, or on his way into Lud, either way, we see what he And the Beit Din accepted the testimony and allowed the woman to marry, on, uh, relying on the fact that uh, she, he was dead, accepting the testimony of the guy who said, I killed him. So So that seems to prove uh, against Rabbi Yehuda, which is that a, it's another man may marry, even if the murderer himself says, I was the one who killed him, we accept it. So Marlahem, Yishamra, Ayas, Rabbi Yehuda says, that's not a proof. What did the fellow say? The fellow who was being taken out to be killed didn't say, I killed him. He said, I was with the group that killed him. Ah, he's described as a listim. He's described as an armed robber. Now, Shanit Pasalide listiu. And what it means is that he was rounded up by the gendarmes as part of a group of listim, but he himself was not. But he's being executed. Why is he being executed? If all he was, was standing around and being kind of drawn into the group. The answer is, This was a non-Jewish court that wasn't very careful about the law, and they were ready to kill anybody in the group who was a member, who was complicit, who was part of the conspiracy, even the people who did not actually raise a fist or participate in the murder. Good. The last, the uh, next piece, which is the first half of the last mission in the parak, continues on with the same thing. What this means is that if a woman took a neder that involved marital life or something that would really interfere with her being able to remain married, and then she realized she didn't want to have the neder, she came to the chacham, tried to find a way out of it, and the chacham could not find a way out of it, and he said, you continue to be asur. The neder al ba'ala was a neder regarding her husband. And so as a result of that, she really had to be divorced. So when she's divorced, he should not marry her. The reason is quite straightforward, because people will think, and the rumors will run, that this fellow took a liking to the woman, and therefore was not very zealous to find her a petach, and arranged for her to be in a situation where she would have to get divorced, and then opportunistically tried to jump in. However, let's say that he was a member of a Beit Din, where this woman did Miyun or did Chalitza, Yisayana. Then he may marry her, because there is part of a Beit Din. And the notion is that the Beit Din, it's one thing to say one person will have such thoughts and will move things around and not be very careful with the law. But to say that three people will conspire together so that one of them should be able to get that, that just does not happen. That happens in financial matters. That does not happen in sexual matters. Right? Now, and we'll see a little bit of that principle at the very end of the parrot. Now, ha-hitira yisa'ena. So the implication of our Mishnah is that if he was not able to find a petach, then he may not marry her. Mashman, that if he was able to find a petach, and then she came to him and he found some sort of petach for the neder, and the neder was butar, and then later on she got divorced, he may marry her. So ma'askin and ilay v'vachad. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about one guy? Chad mimatsi matir. Since when can one person be matir and neder? We're not talking about a group, we're talking about one guy. But the, the implication is, if he was not able to be matir the neder, he can't marry her. Mashma that in the parallel case that he was able to be matu the neder, he could marry her, but how could one guy be matu the neder? You need three people for a tarat and darim. So if there's three people here, since one of the chashud, you're saying that there's three people here. 
And so if the three people are not able to find her petach, then one of them can't marry her. But if the three people are able to find her in a petach, they can. But you're telling me that when they don't find her petach, they can't marry her because they're suspected? The end of the Mishnah says that if that he was a member of the Beitin and she did something in front of him to become released, he may marry her because Beitin is not suspected of doing that. So the Olam Bechad, we're talking about one guy. You're right that Atars Tadarim needs three members of the Beitin, except that Yachid Mumcha, somebody who is recognized as an expert, may be Matin Darim alone, and that's the case here. By the way, it's an important point to note that even Yachid Mumcha, who's a very big Tamil Chacham, a very big scholar, and considered to be a great leader, nonetheless, we still have to, uh, to keep him free of any suspicion. And therefore, he may not marry this woman. Good. So what is the reason given in the Mishnah? Because he's a member of a Beitin of three. And the notion is that three people won't collude in such a thing. So you're telling me if there was less than three, like two, they would? Um, so why then does the Mishnah say that if you have two Adim signed on the sale of a field, and then they come in and they buy the field next, uh, or two Adim are signed on the Get Isha, and then one of them marries the woman, that's perfectly fine, because as long as there's not just one guy trying to take advantage, there's two guys, so we assume that they're on the up and up. So he go for Kamash Falan, that Fukuman Damar, Miyum be finished nine, Kamash Falan, Miyum be Gimel. So indeed, the Mishnah is not teaching you that you need three people to rise above the, the suspicion of collusion or of, uh, of uh, nefarious uh, behavior. Rather, it's there to teach you that Miyum and Chalitz, of course, need to be done in front of three, and as opposed to the opinion that says that two are enough. Why would two be enough, by the way? Two would be enough because fundamentally, two people make a proper Beitin, but you can't have a Beitin Shakul. You can't have an even-numbered bait team because they have to have a tiebreaker, so you have to have three. But in those cases where there's no issue that they're deciding on, like Kiddush HaChodesh, like Miyun, like uh, Geirut, things where they're just present to create a Maisa bait team, but they're not really making an adjudication, one could argue, in some cases we indeed rule this way, that a bait team of two, but the Avad is valid. So that's there to tell you that Miyun should be done with three. Ibayalu, kines mahu shiotzi. Now, what happens if this Chacham went ahead and married the girl who uh, who he was um, not mad to the netter? Does he have to divorce her? Kahana Markines Motzi, Rashi Markines Eno Motzi. So, Machloket Amoraim. Ravzuta, Ravzuti, Devera Papi, Bedivrei, Kedivrei Omer, Kines Eno Motzi. So, Papi taught as follows that uh, you know, he doesn't have to get divorced, like Ravashi. Amrulei Rabbanu, the Ravashi, Gemara Osvara. So where'd you get this from, that Enomotzi? You have a tradition, or are you basing it on reasoning? Amalohum Anitini, it's neither, it's a text. What's the text? Nihaditan, Mishif Chavishtach, Ramimara Kochavishtach, Gaira, the Mishnah that we studied in the previous podcast. That if there's rumors about a fellow with a Shifchar, about his Kochavim, and then they became available, and then he married them, even though he shouldn't, Arizalei Chanos, Kinei Sein Motzi. What do you see from the Mishnah? They're based just on rumors. We do not, we do not force a separation. In other words, this fellow, there were rumors that he was having an affair with this Shifcha. Shifcha that became liberated. So the Chathila, to avoid putting rumors on you and having people talk about you, you shouldn't marry her. But if you did marry her, we don't force a separation. What does that prove? That the only time we really force a separation is when there's much more than rumors. 
as we saw in the previous sugya, uh, where there's real uh, circumstantial evidence of, uh, of, an, of adultery, and especially when we're talking about adultery, which itself is far more serious than, uh, than this sort of dalliance. Uh, and therefore, the same thing, when the Chacham was, uh, was what's the worst thing that people are going to say? Nobody's saying that the Chacham had an affair with her in, in, in the past. They're just saying that the Chacham was not very careful about being Matu the Neder, so he would be able to take advantage of the situation to marry her. And that's very bad rumors to have. Based on bad rumors, we don't force separation. And we see that from the mission about the ship. The very end of the parak goes as follows. These cases of the witnesses who come with the get, or the Chacham with the Neder, even though they're not allowed to marry this woman, but if they were married at the time, and subsequently the wife died, then they may marry the girl, because there's no reason to think that at the time they manufactured the get or didn't find a petach that was right there for the ned there. We don't suspect such a thing, because at the time they were married. Afterwards, Nebuch, the wife died, and now the guy's alone, he happens to know this woman, he can marry her. And in any one of the cases, if the woman married somebody else and then became available through uh, through divorce or through death, then they may marry them again. Because again, there's nobody's going to start suspecting and saying, oh, the guy made up a get in order for your, and then she married some other guy, and then he divorced her, and then this fellow jumped in. Uh, people uh, hopefully do not think in such uh, conspiracy theory terms. Um, the last point is that um, in any case, let's say the Chacham was not Matu the Neder and the woman gets divorced, she could marry that Chacham's son, she could marry that Chacham's brother. Notice, father is left out, and we'll comment on that in a moment. Now, the Mishnah, the Gemara immediately picks up on the fact that the Mishnah listed that if, they, if the Chacham, or the person who brought the get, was married and then the wife died subsequently, then he may not marry. But it did not list as a possibility if he divorced his wife. In other words, the Chacham was married, and then after this girl this girl came, and he wasn't Matzah the Neder, and she had to get divorced, then he divorces his wife. It didn't say he can marry her. So, Amr Le Rav Hillel, Ravashi, Vatanya, Filin Garshu, I have a brighter that says, Meitu Onit Garshu. So, the answer is, Lokasha, Had the Havik Tata, Had the Havik Tata. So, if there was already a fight going on, they weren't getting along beforehand, before this girl showed up, so then we say the divorce was not about this girl. The divorce was for some other reason. In that case, he can marry her. If, on the other hand, the fight started after the girl showed up, then we have reason to think that the Chacham sort of started this fight in order to create a quarrel or to lead to to a dissolution of the marriage so he'd be available to marry this girl. Or you could argue in both cases, in either, either case, is where there was no quarrel going on beforehand. It depends who started the fight. In other words, if the husband, this Chacham, or the guy who brought the get, suddenly, uh, after this girl came, suddenly he goes home and he starts making his wife crazy and he wants this for dinner and, he, and, he, and he's mad that she's going to her parents for this yontif or whatever, then we have reason to think that he's starting this in order to create a divorce. But if, on the other hand, the wife is the one who starts the quarrel, that leads to the divorce, then we have no reason to suspect that, and the Chacham may indeed marry this girl. The last point is v'chulan mutarot. Sorry, v'chulan shenisu. Right. So we said that if the, any of these women subsequently married somebody else and then became available, they can marry. What we think here is, if this woman's um, 
let's say the 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 fellow testified that the woman's husband had died. And then she marries. So she may not marry the witness, but she may marry somebody else. So let's say that other guy died, and we think that we're talking about death after death, meaning the original guy died, and that was the testimony, and then the second husband died, then this fellow may marry her. Or Gerushin le Gerushin, meaning that the guy testified this witness get was written in front of me, and then she married another guy based on that, and that guy divorced her. This we think Gerushin le Gerushin. So Neymar needs to look Rebbe, so then it doesn't accord with Rebbe. There's a famous machot between Rebbe and Rameshim Gamliel, as to whether a chazaka, when it comes to Ishut, is two times or three times. Normally a chazaka is three times. Rebbe is famous for his opinion that when it comes to Ishut, it's two times, which means if a woman, a woman's husband uh, dies, and then she marries another man and he dies, we already consider a katlanit, and uh, the third man may not marry her. If he does, he's taking his life into his own hands. Shemgamliel says that's only if it happens three times. Same thing with Gerushim. If a man divorces a woman, then another man divorces a woman, so Rebbe's of the opinion that uh, you shouldn't marry anymore because uh, this is a, uh, shall we say, a woman who can't stay married very well. Right? Now, the Ika Rebbe, Amar betrays Zimni, have Chazaka. Because if it was Rebbe, Rebbe says twice a Chazaka. So the answer is, lo, Mita, Gerushim, Gerushim, Amita. We don't have to read the case like that. We can read that the case where the woman uh, was divorced, then she married another guy, and that guy died. Or the case where the woman's husband died, according to the testimony, and then she married another guy, and that guy divorced her. So in other words, Mita, Begerish, and Gerish, and Mita don't combine at all. That's still one of each. Uh, so even Rebbe could find a way to be at peace with this mission. Okay, the last item is, So how come we have a statement that says that if there are rumors about a man having an affair with a woman, he's not allowed to marry her mother, her sister, her daughter, etc., and here we say, if there are this, there's the suspicion that this fellow has something going with this woman, that she is allowed to marry his brother, his father, etc. So one answer is, Nasha the Gabe Nashi Shrichan. So one answer is that women are always hanging out with each other. And so the concern with is that if he marries the daughter, the, the mother who there was suspicion about him, and there was talk about him, will be there often, and that will be an invitation as Nut. But men don't visit each other. Brothers don't visit each other that much, and therefore there's no concern that if she, uh, if there was suspicion that she was, that she was uh, getting divorced in order to marry this fellow, that she can marry his brother, because the brothers aren't going to see each other much. Inami, The other possibility is that. Women, that if the guy sleeps with another woman, that does not answer her to him. But if the woman who's married sleeps with anybody else, that answers her to her husband. Right? And therefore, it kind of goes counterintuitive. Therefore, the men will be very, very makpi, uh, making sure that the woman doesn't uh, sleep inappropriately. And therefore, we, we know that they'll be careful. And therefore, we're a little bit looser and allow her to marry the brother. Whereas, because the women know that if he sleeps with the mother, he did a terrible avera, but that doesn't ask her on his wife, and it won't mess up his relationship with his wife, therefore they're not going to be as careful about it, and therefore there's an open petach nami. So then if that's the case, then how come we, the Mishnah didn't say that he could marry, she could marry the father of the Dayan? She could marry the brother of the Dayan, the son of the Dayan, why not the father? The answer is, Lomi Bayakamar. That's most obvious. 
certainly the father who doesn't have to be mentioned because the son would be very embarrassed. In other words, to marry the father of the Chacham would certainly be fine because his son, the Chacham, would be very embarrassed to, to have a dalliance with his father's wife. Aval, but I might think the opposite. To marry the Chacham's son, the Chacham might not feel so, have such shame about uh, carrying on uh, an affair with, uh, his, with that, that, his son's new wife. Uh, and therefore, I might think that he's not allowed, to, she's not allowed to marry the son. Kamash Malan, that even that we're not concerned about. Uh, before Shabbat, yet we already have the first shiur on third parak, and then we will continue afterwards. Everyone should have a wonderful day.